0: Hello, East Glenville Community Church. This is Jessica Munn with episode 16 of So I Have a Question. Um, I'm here with Pastor Mitch. We're going to be talking about Mike Sikosha's from uh, the City Missions talk, which was uh, January 30th of 2022. Uh, So Mike Sikosha, when he began his sermon, he kind of opened up with Matthew uh, 16, verses 1 through 4. And Pastor Mitch, I was wondering, was there anything else you kind of wanted to add to how he expounded the passage.
1: Well, um, yeah. So when Mike focused a lot on this first verse and it says, the Pharisees and Sadducees came and to test him they asked him to show them a sign from heaven. And Jesus says you need to learn to interpret the signs. Um, Verse 2 gives us a little saying, when it is evening you say it will be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning it will be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. Um, Which I think it's funny because it's really very similar to the limerick I heard is red sky at night, sailors delight, red sky at morn, sailors be warned. I think it's pretty much the same dynamic. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that works (laughs) meteorologically. Um, Someone feel free to explain that to me if if there's anyone who knows that.
0: Yeah, I can't.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, So he's saying, he's like, you've learned how to interpret these basic things like weather, but you're missing something big. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and what are they missing? Well, Jesus is the son of God, the savior standing right in front of them and they can't see it. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they say we, we need a sign. And he talks about this. The sign of Jonah was the only sign they're going to get, which other places that talks about how the sign of Jonah is that Jesus will go in the tomb Mm -hmm. and come back out. Just like Jonah went in the whale and came back out.
0: Right.
1: Um, so it's the resurrection will be this only sign they're given. And, um, so, so Jessica, I have a question. What would be, can you, do you know the differences between the Pharisees and Sadducees? What, what, what do you know? And then maybe I could fill in some of the the gaps.
0: Yeah. So I know, so the Sadducees were kind of, I'm thinking, losing the way exactly I want to phrase it, but they were like, the people with old power. Like, they kind of... They they got their power from being in families that were in control of the area, I believe.
1: The best way to think of it would be the temple aristocracy. Okay. They controlled the temple worship. Got it. And you're right. They were kind of the powers that be. The aristocracy is another way of saying mm-hmm. old money. Um, they, they were the ones who had the official positions. Mm-hmm. But, so their focus... Was on the whole temple system. They 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 had the budget meetings and they had mm-hmm. all of that. So very, um, you know, rituals. They they you know they very much wanted to uphold the ritual sacrifices because that was the, the their their money bags and yep and stuff like that. So then, what about the Pharisees? Yeah.
0: So the Pharisees were more of the, um, they were people who were just studiers and learners of the word um and i know i don't know exactly where they fell but i know that the people um like the normal common folk like them a lot more than the sadducees
1: yes they they were the pharisees were kind of a renewal movement that said we got to get back to the word Mm -hmm. we got to get back to god's law and so they were less focused on the building stuff, on the sacrificial system, mm-hmm. more focused on study Torah, live out Torah, um, and and so do you see parallels in today's Christian world?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there there are definitely some people who you know Bible thumpers. Yeah. Um, who like that's that's it. Like, don't try to bother me. Don't yeah. Don't try to convince me otherwise. And then there's uh, others. I, I don't know if it's ne- necessarily always the building, but I think for some congregations it can definitely be the building.
1: The building or even the mechanics of worship, yep. the, the, the history, the, so yeah, I mean, I've, truthfully, I've been in different kinds of churches and, and I've seen bits of both. Um, I mean, really the evangelicals would follow close to more the Pharisees.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, you know, The Pharisees were the bad guys so many times. (laughs) I think that's a good warning for us of, like, not becoming like them. Yeah. Making sure we understand what was the error they made.
0: Yeah.
1: And not doing the same error. Um, But also, in some ways, if you think if you're an established religious congregation, then you could easily slip into the becoming like the Sadducees. That focuses on the buildings and the mechanics of worship. Mm -hmm. And all of that. What, What it takes to get people coming. Yep. And, and, and by that you could still miss out on, and both of them missed out is, is the point Mike was making. They both missed out on what Jesus was, was who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you catch what phrase he used about, you know, what we are to be instead?
0: What we are to be instead of, Oh, he said, instead of uh, like just knowing about God to be dazzled by God, be dazzled by God. Yeah. That stuck
1: out to me. Um, and that sense of, yeah, if, if it really is true that Jesus, the son of God comes in our midst and Jesus through his spirit lives in us and is with us, it it has to be more than just going through the mechanics of worship and mm-hmm. having this religious ceremonies. And it also has to be more than just learning lists of rules mm-hmm. and learn, even learning theology, like theological truths. Yep. It has to be moving into our personal life. And, um,
0: yeah. And I mean, that's kind of all the stories and examples Mike shared was all like, none of it was, you know, were like, none of it was about people studying the word or about buildings. It was all about people living, finding themselves in situations and like living out Christ, yeah. um, where they were at with what, God had given them based off their place in life and what lot they were given.
1: And if you're dazzled by God, does that lead you to treat the people around you differently and to see them differently? Mm -hmm. One of the lines um, I heard Mike say is, change how you see and then see how you change.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What do you think that means?
0: I think that I think a lot of times we go through life with a pair of colored blinders on, to use a different analogy to his analogy. And um, you can't, there's just some things, you know, if I'm wearing a pair of orange glasses, I can't see the color orange well. Um, Okay. And so until I remove that, then I can see the things I was missing. Mm. And I think that just walking up to God with that type of humility of being like, God, what am I missing? Like, Mm. what, show me what like, where is my, is my focus only in this one area? Am I completely ignoring something else? Yeah. Or like, just, just, you know, break my vision type of thing. Then, like, God can work with that. He honors humility like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And so I think that when, when we let God work in us like that, it, it really does change us. And we get different perspectives and we learn more mercy and grace and humility and then can extend that out to others.
1: Yeah. I think certainly what you said I I think applied to people we can sort of typecast people Mm -hmm. and sort of limit what we think they could do or expect certain things from them and if we change if we let God change how we see them Mm -hmm. um, I have a a thought a a, a thing that came to mind at a at my previous church we we had the, the sanctuary and then underneath was kind of a basement room that had, for years, accumulated a lot of junk. All... Like, they had um, all the choir robes and then drawers after drawers of choir songs that had been sung in years. Other parts were just tables and chairs scattered, and and it just wasn't a... Occasionally, we'd do stuff down there. It had a little kitchenette, but... And um, one of... The, the church members just had a whole different vision. And she she asked for some financial money to mm-hmm. use, but she kind of wanted to do a lot. And she just turned it into – it ended up becoming a coffee house. Mm. And it was awesome. It was a, a great little location to um, – but but I couldn't see it. When she talked about what she wanted to do, I'm like, okay. I, I, can't, I couldn't envision it, but she yeah. could.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so – that that's that came to mind for me when I when he when I heard that.
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah.
1: what other lines stuck out to you? From the
0: Yeah, he had a he had a couple that was kind of just about like how how we handle our stuff and how we go about life. And so like one of them was, um, it's okay to go th- about life with a bag of stuff, but is the bag open or is it zippered shut? Um and to me like just rethinking of the, like, okay, how do I, how do I handle, like, the stuff I've been given? Okay. Um, but,
1: but you got to tell the story that goes with that. I do. it doesn't It doesn't... Uh...
0: I do. Okay. So, uh, in summary, Mike was walking and he found somebody who he ended up knowing who had a medical condition and ended up falling forward and... His face
1: a... was bleeding. Yes, his yes, face okay, was Yes, okay, I remember that.
0: And so, uh, he was had called the ambulance. The ambulance was coming. The guy was okay, but he had nothing to stop the blood. And so someone else had bicycled past and was like, Hey, how can I help? And Mike was like, is there anything you have that I could use to just like stop the bleeding to wipe his face? And so the guy on the bicycle took out a super nicely needed, neatly folded cream colored scarf and handed it to Mike. And Mike was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, like take it. And so that's what they used to clean up his face and stop the blood uh-huh. um, and uh and yeah, and afterwards, when Mike was like, "Thank you like that was that meant so much and he was the biker was like, "Oh, I've been helped by the mission before, so I'm just yeah. g- pretty much I'm just giving back what's been given to me
1: um, yeah, uh, so all I heard was that the cyclist was the good guy <laughs> and that that's what I think the important yes. part of the story is that people who ride bikes. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, that I I think holding on loosely, what was it? Was it the line? The, the zippered bag, like, you know, whatever you've given me, Lord, I I put it, I'm willing to put it to your use. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus says some hard things that if you apply it literally, you couldn't function in life. Like he says, give to everyone who asks you. And if someone demands it from you, do not give it back or just give it back or something. yeah. Yeah. Um, do not
0: withhold it. From do me. not
1: withhold it. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if someone borrows from you, do not demand it back. That, that's what it was. And like, if you apply that absolute, absolutistly,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you just, you couldn't function, you know? But I think that's the point Jesus was making is like, you know, if someone really needs something, you can give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't, you know, if someone needs to borrow your car and your car functions, let them borrow your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know the hesitation in that you're like, well, what if, what if something happens or right one of the things I can't stand is how like kind of modern liability laws sometimes compel you to be stingy yeah and like, well, if you, if you let them use it, then are you liable? And I just, there's something that really strikes me wrong in that. I, I think, I guess the line that it reminds me of is Jesus said, freely you've received freely mm-hmm. give. Yeah. And I think that's probably another way of saying the exact same point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I I remember, I don't even remember what topic it was we were talking about, but it was a while ago in our life group, small group, the young adult group. Um, We were talking about like giving and, you know, something that we all realized is like, sure, like, you know, we can, we, you know, the budget meeting or the annual business meeting happened, right? So we could talk about ties, we could talk about giving, Um, but like being raised and living in a middle class white america like i've never had to i've never given till it hurt mm-hmm. um and so like you don't know like that cream scarf that the biker had like i don't know if he had another one um or if it had yeah. some sentimental value or something but like he he gave it anyway and so it's the like what what does that yeah it just makes you reconsider like what what does it actually look like to be generous yeah. To give, not just out of your, what you have, but out of what, like, not just out of your overflow, but to give out of what you actually have to live on.
1: Yeah. How much do you think working amidst poverty helps you see that?
0: I mean, I think it, I think it helps a lot more. Um, well...
1: Because I'll I'll just tell you, it kind of casts me back as you were talking to, I I would, we, our church was right in the midst of the soup kitchen area at my last church. And and so I got to know a lot of the people around the neighborhood and some of them were really generous to a fault. Like they would be in trouble because they gave to someone else Mm -hmm. what they needed last week. And, and I, I mean, I think one guy, especially he loved going around and he had a whole group of people he'd visit and make sure they had stuff they need. So we would be giving to him to give to them. And,
0: yeah.
1: and he was just, he just had such a joyous heart for Christ. Like, and he didn't hold on to things and you're right. We're and the middle class mindset is you save, yep. you take care of yourself and yeah. you take care of your, you know, your, your own, but you know, you don't give beyond putting your own in danger. And mm-hmm. I, I, I I don't want to give up that value. I think there's something to it, but I, I think Jesus at times may challenge us on that.
0: Right. I think sometimes, you know, if our eyes are too colored. Okay. Um, right. If change if we, how you see. Yes. And see
1: how you change. Yeah.
0: So if we see our money as they like, okay, how do I set myself up? Uh huh. To you know, to make sure that I can retire well, we'll just put it that way. Um. Or versus saying, okay, how can I set myself up? So that I can be extremely generous. Mm. Um, and so that the second I hear of a need, the second the Lord puts it on my heart, like I have funds available that I can just give and not worry about getting back. Yeah, um, You know, it's still saving, but it's very different. It's a very open backpack, loose handed mindset. Right.
1: So I think Mike has that privilege mm-hmm. of, of working amidst people who, you know, those needs come up often enough, and probably the the joy of seeing those people um, lives changed yeah. in simple ways. So, yeah, the um, the other line he threw out to me that stuck out was, "What is most personal is most universal."
0: Mm.
1: And uh, what do you agree with that? What is that? What do you think that means?
0: Yeah, I mean. I feel like I'm just going to rephrase what he ended up explaining, but like like me saying that I grew up on Long Island and I did gymnastics in high school in, up until high school and like th- that doesn't make me human. Right. But saying that I am a a person who has emotions and struggles and you know has hit hard patches in life like that that is more of the human experience. Yeah. So
1: And he talked about the insecurity of his middle school years. <laughs> yeah. And I'm oh like, who didn't feel completely insecure in your middle school years? And how much do we often still p- feel completely insecure? <laughs> yeah. And so when we talk about, in a sense, what's most personal to us, people are are actually more likely to relate mm-hmm. than, um, yeah. Yeah. So that stuck out to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other one, um, and this is kind of two that he kind of shrubbed together, and it's, it's similar to the backpack one, but um, we're only okay with losing something. Only if we're okay with losing something do we have the ability to enjoy it. And you can't enjoy a steak if we don't know that we'd be content with rice, with a bowl of rice, I think is what he's saying.
1: I don't know if I can go there. <laughs> But I get the point. Yes. I get the point.
0: Yeah. Really good Italian bread? <laughs> I could go Ooh. there. I could go there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, the other thing is the law of diminishing returns. Mm. The more you have something, the less you appreciate it. Yeah. And that is very true. Is and we have so much and we can get used to so much mm-hmm. that we're more worried about losing what we have than than enjoying what God has blessed us with.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes it's freeing to lose
1: uh-huh. things.
0: And so, and this might be a bit of a stretch, but my brain is going back to, so there was um, in college when I was president of our university chapter, um, we had a, you know, we had a leadership team that had like six or seven people on it and everybody had its role and, um, you know, it was good and it was the standard of what we always had, but we realized that it was like unhealthy at one point. Like, just something about the dynamic was just off. Okay. And so what we did was we just went back to the bowl of rice. We stripped down, and so it became, like, my staff worker, me as president, and we had a vice president. And that was it. We just went back simplified. to... Simplified. Yep, simplified it, started back over from scratch. And um, and in some ways, like, it made it more difficult because we had to, you know, do things differently. But it was also freeing because mm. it was... the. Health came back, and it was like okay. So now, like now, we can see. Now we have a new set of vision, a new pair of glasses. We're seeing things differently that we missed the first time. So now we can, you know, go back and rebuild and figure that out again. Uh huh. So. Yeah. yeah. Was there uh, anything else? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm trying to to think about um did you have it, anything um you you had something you were gonna
0: oh yeah, I can, so I guess a lot of uh and I guess actually- actually it ties back in um to so Tom Dreisbach at the business meeting, which happened to be last week, yeah, um he closed the meeting talking about this idea of what if we as a church rethought about how we think of stewardship Mm. um and how and i think you know we've talked a lot just in this conversation about like money and you know uh what does it look like to to give and what does it look like to see things differently and to redo our structures and refocus ourselves and so i think that uh I don't know, I thought of a lot of what, some of the things that Mike hit on in his talk uh, just reminded me of, like, yeah, like what what would it look like if we looked at stewardship differently, if we looked at the things we've been given and have right now differently.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, just to do that a little bit, I, I, I think we have a treasure here at East Glenville and what we have, like, we have a prime location property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of churches have trouble my my brothers at a church that's way in the country mm. and he says they really have trouble getting people to to come visit it's, you know it's a good solid church in some ways but you know we're 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 a church people see all the time yeah. <laughs> and i think even coming in we have a preschool going so that means other people who are dropping off their kids mm-hmm. people who you know and I, I understand there's some of those those preschool parents aren't in any church, like yet they're choosing to send their kids to a church preschool. Mm -hmm. So there's an open door there. And I guess I'm thinking how many blessings that we have here. I mean, just the property we don't, we have, I mean, we, we can look at the annoyance. Oh, we had to replace this whole (laughs) septic system, but oh my gosh. So we spent just under a hundred thousand on the septic system and then we just happen to get a, a an additional final gift of ninety eight thousand, um, that came in just as just not long after the the septic systems all paid up for and like God God, I think God does that as a sign. He's saying, "I got you guys." Right. It's not the
0: first time I've heard a story like that either. Yeah. So, yeah. Me
1: neither. <laughs> um, you know when you when you stay faithful, sometimes it seems like God keeps you waiting a little bit but <laughs> so yeah i think we have great opportunities here um and I, the intent with tom that you bring it up is is we got to think about this building there are things that need fixed up and if we you know wait till they all fall apart it'll crush us Right. but if we start thinking now okay how can we and what do we start to to set aside so that we can deal with you know, needed replacements in the next three to five years. Right. Um, yeah. So, Mm -hmm. and we have people coming to church. We're struggling with getting people. Let's say Struggling is not the right word, but I mean, some people are still not quite ready to come in person, Mm -hmm. but this last Sunday, you know, we had a good number of people in person and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know what else I want to say about that.
0: No, yeah, and I think I think it's a conversation that it's good to keep having and get yeah. started on, and um, and I'm actually looking forward to. So Thursday is uh, the prayer, the day of prayer yes. that you set up, and so I'm excited to see what God might say to us there and where if we go in, um, asking to see differently, where He'll lead.
1: Mm. I think there's something to a church that prays intentionally. And this church does a lot of praying like we pray at elder meetings. We pray at these meet, you know, and mm-hmm. we've had morning prayer times before. Um, but I think there's, I think God honors those who seek. In fact, he says it, you know, if you seek me, you will find me. See, mm-hmm. if you seek me, you'll all your heart. Yeah. And that's really what I'm, I'm hoping Thursday is, is about. We're, one of the things we're going to have are prayers based out of scriptures. Mm-hmm. We're going to encourage people to, to, Kind of take the scripture, maybe read it, and then pray it for the church and let God's word guide us in what, what we should be praying. Mm-hmm. Um, too often we can pray just, I don't know, kind of like the world, you know, what's the world? Oh, get a, give us bigger, make us bigger, give us more money, you know, that kind of thing. Build but our numbers, build bring our more numbers. people. And God may do that, but mm-hmm. we're praying that God would fill us with the spirit and... um Give us uh, knowledge and understanding to grow the the heights and the depths and the the breadth of god's love as mm-hmm. his people and that he would form Christ within us as we learn to follow him those kind of prayers yeah yeah'll
0: mm. be good so are
1: you signed up for a shift
0: i am i I took a shift in a and a half because i have to i have my students that evening. So I have a very small window that I Okay. Forget.
1: So you're running back just Yeah. Cool. Well that that's good. Um and people may know we we I just sent out an email. We have a few left open, but most of the shifts are covered, so Nice. Yeah. I don't know if shifts is the right word. Sessions. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um but Cool. Yeah. So coming up this week, guess what? You're going to get to hear from Nick. Nick is giving the sermon on Sunday. Nice. And then we're going to get back to John 14. Okay. Coming later in February.
0: Cool. Good stuff. Yep. Well, as always, thank you, Pastor Mitch. Thanks uh, for coming in. Yeah. Talk to you next week.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.